Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learned a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. for everyone that's tuning in and listening in today. Today we want to just be encouraged with the Word of God once again, and we want to hold tight to what God is saying to us in this day and time. And as we're entering into this new year and we're hearing the voice of God prophetically speak to us and tell us the expectations of what He has in this season for us, the expectations and visions that He has for his people. So we have to stay focused on the word of God. We have to continue to listen to his spirit in order to know what needs to be done next, in order to know the provisions that he's made for us in the spirit realm. We will not know what he has for us if we are not listening to him. So when we begin to say to God, I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me, that means that there's a little bit of discouragement. That means that there's a little bit of, God, where are you in my life? You know, the pressures of life, they tend to, and the traumas of life, they tend to um, really begin to mentally wear us down, and they begin to cloud our view of our vision. They begin to cloud us from what God really, really wants for us to do. And then we began to lose sight of the big picture. We began to lose sight of the vision God gave to us, the prophecy that was spoken. And so many times, years later in prophecy, people began to say, but what happened to the prophecy? It never came to pass. It never was in, um, maybe it wasn't God's will after all. And we began to say, God, why did you bring me to this point? And, and I don't feel your presence. I don't feel you're here with me. And we have to understand that a prophecy is in part and that when God speaks through someone and gives us that word, that we have to then go and search and seek God and find out what must I do to help fulfill this prophecy. It's not about just waiting for the prophecy to unfold. So God has not left us 
We've left the prophecy. We've left our destiny. We've left the communication of God because we don't know the next step. We can't go get another word for the next step and get another word for the next step. So we we begin to think that God has, has left us. And we say, God, but we've come this far. Where are you now? But there's an accountability on our life that we have to do. There's an accountability that we have to hold up to and say, now let me do my part. You've given me my instructions. Now I must do my part. We are troubled on every side, collectively and individually. So it's very easy for us to get distracted. It's very easy for the enemy to come in and to tell us that God is not with us. And we, get, we began to look for God in the natural man. Well, I'm not prospering. Well, my ministry is not showing the anointing that I wanted it to show. God, you told me that I had a healing ministry. You told me that I had a singing anointing, but yet I don't see the manifestations of it. The prophetic words are coming forth, God, but where are you now? But we have to understand that though those things come up against us, we have an accountability to God as well, which is to seek his face, which is to know the word of God and to hold on to what he has promised us. Because we know that in Matthew 19, God said that all things are possible. So in him telling us that all things are possible, what is it that you're seeking from God today that look impossible? To where you're saying to God, um, have you left me, God? I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me. And, and, and you begin to tell yourself, as James Cleveland said, I don't feel no ways tired. But then you do feel a little discouraged because there's no manifestations of the promise. So how do we get to the manifestation of the promise? How do we get to God to connect to him that God would begin to reveal himself to us? And when the enemy begins to persecute us, it means that he's trying to wear us down mentally, physically, emotionally. He's trying to dismantle our strength. He's trying to disable us from having the right connection, the right thought, the right processing, the right success, the right priorities with God. So if, if you stay focused, then you won't be dismantled. If you keep yourself around people who are focused, then you won't be discouraged. But it's when you begin to get alone and you allow the enemy to torment your mind and you begin to allow him to feed you things that are not of God, that's when you begin to get discouraged. So as we begin to go into the word of God and we read Exodus 14, that was when the Israelites, when Israel left Egypt and Moses began to lead them out and they were excited because things were going the way that God said that it would go. That's when we were excited about prophecy. That's when we were excited about God. But then, but then, they turned around and saw the Egyptians coming. That's when you have a choice at that point. Either you're going to continue in your praise or you're going to turn around to the torment and the negativity that the enemy has for you. Which decision will you make today? When everything is going well and you begin to just praise God for it. And they turned around and they saw the enemy coming. Now God did all the great things for them, but in an instant it was forgotten. And then they said, Lord, 
Moses, what what is this? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Shouldn't we have just stayed there and died instead of out here in the wilderness? Can you imagine the words? But then when we look at our lives today and we begin to say, God, I had the perfect job. I was vice president. I was this. I was that. But look at me now. I'm unemployed. I'm trying to get unemployment benefits. I'm trying to stay ahead and keep afloat of what's going on in this world today. We automatically switch over. And God is saying, I'm that same God that put you in that position. But I need you to praise me even in this situation. I need you to see me the way you saw me. But we began to say to God, I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me. Look at where I was at, God. Look at who I was. But he's the same God, and you're the same person. But he's saying to us, you have to trust me in every situation. You have to trust me no matter what is going on in your life. And if we don't trust him, then who do we have? Do we have man that we need to trust? Do we have ourselves that we can trust? Well, as we see, we have failed ourselves because who are we that we know our ways? The Bible says in Proverbs 20, man's goings are the Lord's. How can a man then understand his own ways? You have to understand who created you, who made you, who knows your beginning from your end, and then you will be able to see your destiny, your, your um, future of what God has for you. And then we can say, if it had not been for God on my side, where would I be today? He put me in those positions, and now those positions are gone. Not because God took them away from me, but because of the wickedness of man, they're gone. So that means if the wickedness of man did this, that God will still prosper his people. Because his people didn't do it, wickedness did it. So we have to begin to separate ourselves from the destruction to the prosperity. Because if we blend in with the destruction, then destruction will come. So what are you thinking about today? Where are you going today? A promise and a covenant from God is what we live for. He has declared to us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He sent his son to die, that we could be healed, that we could have a new covenant with him, that we have a new relationship, we have a comforter with him. But yet we look at him and say, God, why have you left me? He hasn't left us. We've left him. He's the same God. He's looking from heaven. He's looking right at you. He's know, he knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows the path you're going to take when you walk out that door. But yet our flesh tells us he's left us. But if you actually go into the spirit realm, you'll see the directions are sitting there waiting for you. You'll see that the manifestations are already done. You'll see that the healing has already happened. But we cannot see that in the flesh because the flesh does not connect with God. The flesh wars against the spirit. So if you are allowing your flesh to win, then you can't see what God has for you. Now, as we go into the battles that God brought people out of, we begin to go into the battle with Joshua 
begin to call on the Lord and say, God, I need the sun to stand still for a minute because I need to win this battle. And because of his connection with God, God said, I haven't left you in the, even in this battle, but I will allow that sun to stand still so that you may win this battle. That's what he's saying to us today. If we declare the victory, if we declare that we will win, even when it looks like we're losing, God said, I will come in and fight for you because you have declared it. You have declared from your own mouth. You have said that, God, I need your help, and he will begin to come in, and he will rescue you. Because when God said the battle is not yours, to Jehoshaphat, and when God began to tell you those things, he's saying to you, I am your creator. I am your battle axe. I am the one who's going to win this battle for you. Rest and know. Be still and know that I am God. Then we go into Paul, I mean, and Peter when he was in jail. And we began to look at how when Peter got thrown into jail because of loving God, that the church began to pray and communicate with God what's going on. And God sent his angel into that jail to rescue Peter. And then when Peter came to himself and he realized what was going on, he was like, whoa, that was truly God. What is it in our life today that we need God's hand to come in and rescue us? But one thing we have to understand, God can't rescue you unless you call unto him in the spirit realm, not out of your flesh. You have to go and tap into the spirit realm and begin to speak to God. Speak in, in tongues if you must. Speak in praise and worship. Don't go down complaining, but go down saying, God, this battle is too much for me. Can you please step in? And God will honor his word. He will begin to move on your behalf. If your ministry is not where it needs to be and you don't see a way out, pray. Begin to pray and ask God about your ministry that he told you to start. Ask God about your ministry and your anointing that he gave to you. It's not yours. So when you go back to God and you say, God, this is your anointing, this is your church, this is your ministry, now God step in to this situation and let me help your people. Let me speak to your people. Help me to di direct your people. And God will begin to do that for you, as he did with Moses, as he did with Joshua. Because when he called you out to go and lead his people, to speak to his people, he's letting you know, I am there. You may face opposition. You may be thrown in jail, whatever is happening, but I am there. Your flesh will tell you he has left you. Your, your flesh will tell you he doesn't care. Your flesh will tell you he's gone. But if you tap into the spirit realm, you will find out that everything is already mapped out. Everything is already done. When Paul and Silas was in jail, and they begin to praise God. Now, this is this next situation of praising and communicating with God. So everyone that got out of their situations, they praised, they prayed, and they communicated with God. 
But prior to the situation, they already had a relationship with God. They already had favor with God. They didn't allow the enemy to come in and tell them, see, you're going to jail now. Where's your God? He shouldn't even be letting you go to jail. He should pull you out before you even get there. But no, they believed God even in going in when the, the chains clicked and the doors was locked and the guard walked away. They didn't go in complaining. They went in praising God. Is that the attitude you have today in your situation when they tell you, you we're going to have to cut your hours, when they tell you that, you know, we, we don't want to fire you, but yet we don't have the money, so these are the situations that you may have to work on Saturday, you may have to work on a Sunday. Are you complaining or are you praising God? Are you lifting up the hands of God that you actually have a job? Or are you saying, God, I don't want to do that? Where is it that you see yourself in God? What is your mouth speaking? Because whatever your mouth speaks into the atmosphere that's the manifestation that you receive. So you have to watch because there's power in your tongue. There's power coming into the atmosphere. When you speak a word, you have to be careful because when God begins to do something in your life, you have to be focused. Don't, do not allow the enemy to persuade you away from your vision, from what God has called you to do. So when, you, when they entered, entered into the jail, they sat down and began to praise God, and the whole jail heard the songs of praise. So not only them were freed from the chains, but everyone in the prison was freed. Can you imagine that in your own turmoil and situation that others become free with you, and you were praying for yourself, but because of the power of God and the mercy and grace of his spirit, he will free those around you, and everyone will begin to rejoice and praise God. And you will get salvation out of that situation. So now the glory of God would fall. And when people sing the song, I am a friend of God, do you really understand what you're saying? Moses was a friend of God. Moses went up and he talked with God. And he said, if you have the favor in me that you have, and because you called me, God, to do this for you, for your people, show me your glory. Show me, God. And God said, you know what? Because I love you and have favor with you, because of my relationship with you and I know your heart, I will show you. I will show you me. And we want that type of relationship, but it doesn't come from a song. It doesn't come from emotions of how, you, how, how loud we yell or how we throw up our hands and worship God. But to get God to say, I am a friend of yours, it requires a relationship. It requires you dwelling in the spirit realm with God. It requires your flesh dying. Then you become a friend of God. So to sing the song is encouraging, but to know your God would even be better because in order for you to get the breakthrough, there has to be communication. In order for you to get to God, you have to be dwelling in the spirit with him. When you have dreams at night, when prophetic words come forth, it's all from the spirit realm. 
It's not from that flesh you're looking at. And when you wake up from a dream and you've seen heaven and you've seen an, an a, a ray of angels worshiping God, that's the spirit realm you're looking at. Or when you're sick and you've seen God operate on your heart or you've seen God just do things into your body to heal you, and when you wake up you say, whoa. That was in the spirit realm. But he's trying to push it into the manifestation of the natural realm. And he's showing you, I've already done it. So when God says it's done, there's no one that can change that situation. So when you go to bed at night and you have all these dreams about how God is moving and the prophetic word for right now, which is like a new moon for God right now in us, because he wants to renew everything in us. Because we've been beat down over the year, we've been drained, we've been been just tormented. And he's saying to us, I want to renew who you are. I want to renew the inner man in you. I want to bubble up the spirit of God and stir up what's down on the inside of you. And as you begin to see those things in the prophetic, and God begins to move and push you into those things, you have to react in the spirit realm. You can't wake up and just go telling folks dreams. You can't wake up and just, oh, I saw heaven last night, and he did this and that. No, the first thing you need to do is wake up and begin to communicate with God what was that all about. What do you want me to do with that information? And as his spirit connects with your spirit, you'll begin to move in the anointing that he's called you to move into. It's not about telling people what you've seen in the heavens. It's about getting to God in the heavens, and he will manifest it to his people. Moses did not have to go and tell people, I saw God. He didn't have to go and tell people, there's a burning bush up there, and that ain't looking too good right now. But when he came down, the glow was upon his face, and the people saw that he was with God. So there was no question. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to, to begin to minister to him as he ministers to us. So therefore, when people see us, they see God. We don't have to use cliches of Christianity words. We don't have to quote scripture every time we talk to people because the presence of God is upon your life. People will see that glow about you, but they won't understand because they're looking at you in the flesh. But only those that are in the spirit will begin to see the God that you serve. And as Moses began to walk down and they saw it, they covered their face. They couldn't take it. It was like, wow. So when you say, God, I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me, you need to really believe that. Don't just use it as a song. Don't just use it as a word of encouragement. But use it as a covenant. Use it as your promise and say from your belly, God, I know you did not bring me this far to leave me because the words in your Bible tell me of my promises with you. The word in the Bible lets me know that you will not fail me. So therefore, when the enemy comes up against me and everything is looking bad, I know the promises of God. I know that you said you will fight my battles for me. 
I know that you said you would never leave me nor forsake me and that you would guide me and that you would teach me your ways and that you would make my life, my path plain before you. That's the words that we begin to speak in discouragement. That's the words that we begin to speak when we don't see a way out. Now, as you begin to speak those words into your atmosphere, your atmosphere changes. And as you begin to walk in that every day, then you'll begin to see the shifting of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you see that shift begin to take place, you'll get excited all over again because now God is really showing you, okay, we're on the same page now. Because at first, you know, you weren't on the same page with God, but now you're on the same page. So he can begin to do what he's promised because he's waiting on us. We're not waiting on God. He didn't leave us. So he's like sitting there waiting in the spirit realm. And if we go to God and we say, God, show me. Just as Moses said, show me your glory, show me, God, my path, show me my destiny, show me what I need to do tomorrow, show me what I can do today, show me, God, talk to me, minister to me, God, I want to hear your voice. Moses had a hunger for God. He was so hungry. He said, I want to see you. All that you've said about me and how much you appreciate me, I thank you, but I want to know about you now. I want to know about the God that I serve. And that lets us know that he's willing to show us if we are willing to ask, have we asked God to show us, show us him, not just his glory, not just I want to feel that tingle, not just I want to cry in your presence, but his true spiritual glory, that when you're down worshiping him, it's like you just feel yourself going up to him in the spirit realm, and you feel yourself talking to him. And it's a presence that no one can explain to you because you've experienced it. But even in communicating with God, it's a secret place with God. And when you tell people about your secret experience, they don't understand. They think you're trying to be too holy. They they say that it don't take all of that. So sometimes you have to keep your experiences with God to yourself. And allow God to show people that he have a relationship with you, that he talks to you personally through dreams, through prophecies, through visions. But right now, we need to know the word for now. We need to know that we're in our new beginning now. We need to understand that whatever happened in the past, God is saying it's it's done deal. You've repented of it. I've purged you, I've purified you, so let's move into our new man. Let's move into where you need to be now. But we keep holding on to the past. Had Moses held on to the fact that he killed this man, then he would not have been able to move forward in what God called him to do. Had David focused on his his adulterous status, then he would not have been able to move forward or the fact that he was the least of the sons. We can't dwell on those things we can't control. If we were born into it and we're the least in the family, so be it. He can still use you. You can't do, you can't allow the enemy to make you think otherwise. So how is it that you're feeling today when you say, God, you know, (laughs) don't leave me? Well, he hasn't left you. 
and you say, God, where are you? He's right here. You know, if we really want to know where he's at, all we have to do is ask him. Just seek him. Seek him in prayer. Seek him in fasting. Seek him in just talking to him. You know, and the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart in Proverbs, and lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, when he's saying all thy ways, then that means he's right there. He didn't say some of them. He said, in all your ways acknowledge me, and I'm going to direct you. So as we begin to say to him, God, I need your direction. I need to know what I'm doing in my ministry. Why is it stagnated? Why is it not moving? What's going on? He'll begin to communicate with you. And usually when you go into a stagnation, that means there's another level of purging that needs to come. It's not that he stopped you and he don't want to use you anymore, but it's just that there's another level of purging because each anointing requires a a specific type of purging in order for you to reach the, the end goal that he has for you, in order for you to get to that prophecy or your destiny. So every step requires a purging. So every time you begin to speak to God and you finish one level and he takes you to another one, there's just that refining that he's doing because he needs you focused. He needs you pure. And we see the ministers that are falling by the wayside because they weren't fully purged with God to where they will be able to stand no matter what. And and you need to make sure that you are going to stand no matter what and you're going to stay focused on the promises of God. So he's saying, let me direct your path. Your path may take a little while to get to because I'm purging you, because I'm cleansing you, but yet you will get to, you will get to your promise. You will get to what God has promised you, and, and he's definitely sure to be there. And he will instruct you and he will teach you in the ways of God. You know, We have to hold on to these promises He has never left us He will never leave us He is our creator The battle is not ours Because the enemy is trying to get to God through us So that's why the battle is not ours So we need to understand That when we try to fight the enemy He's not trying to fight us He's trying to use us to get to God's heart Because God created us And whenever he see, he thinks that he's gotten to us, he thinks that he's getting to God. But God is saying to us as a created vessel, look, I've given you the word. I've given you something to stand on. So when he tries to fight you to get to me, you stand on what I've taught you. You stand on what I've promised you. So when you stand on what I've told you and what I've promised you, then we become one against the enemy. So now my word has had victory over the enemy. What is it that we need victory over today? Stand on the word of God, and he will definitely bring us out. He will definitely show us that he has never left us nor forsaked us. He will let us know that we do not have to say to him, you have brought me this far to leave me. We will be saying to God, you have brought me this far, and we, you will continue to bring me on the rest of the way. You have brought me this far, and I will continue to seek your face in, in the midst of everything. Well, we thank you for tuning in to Destiny Talk. We thank you for holding on to the word of God. Seek God in the spirit realm. Pray to him in your spirit, man, and watch the manifestations of the prophetic word of God begin to be released in your life. Thank you and God bless.
Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at iconpass.com.